Hi everyone and welcome back to the fourth episode of the series of videos, podcast episodes, whatever. And I really hope you watched or listened to the earlier ones and you liked them. And in this one, of course, I will be reviewing um, the second, second, what am I even saying? The fourth episode of Fate, the Wing Saga, and I will be giving my opinions on all of it, uh, as always, mainly the, the characters, the plot, the elements that I liked and that I didn't like, and there is a lot of things to say on this episode that really felt like three episodes at least but i think that's a good reason to get right into it oh before that remember to like the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and leave a comment down below to let me know what else you want me to review or what your opinions on fate are and if you're on a podcast platform that's not YouTube, then remember to follow the podcast so you will be notified when a new episode comes out. And yeah, if you're on YouTube, you can also turn the notifications bell on so you will be notified as well. Thank you so much. And this time, let's get actually into it. So I figured that um, the thing I did last time, the method I used, the summing up the story and commenting while I do it, um, worked and suits this episode as well. There might be a few things that I might say afterwards, or I might say them um I might link them to some scenes. They're more general and not linked to a specific scene. They're linked to something that's more um, general or happening multiple times throughout the episode. Um, so I might use some scene as a link and tell you about them there or um, say something about them at the end. I still don't know. I'll see what works best. So, at the beginning of the episode, Farah discovers that Callum, her secretary, has died, uh, that he was killed. We also see that Beatrix is obsessed with um, Bloom, who's now um, the one everyone talks about, because they know she's a changeling. We see that Aisha becomes um, Farah Dowling's secretary in order to help Bloom. And here once again we see what I talked about pretty much the whole um, last episode and that is how Bloom is a terrible friend and she doesn't care about others who are helping her. Aisha is literally taking up this position in order to help Bloom discover her secret and I mean I suppose that being the headmistress secretary means that you have to spend lots of time doing that and that you have less time to study so it's kind of a small sacrifice for Aisha as well. Also what's cool 
let's at 16 years old that's one of the students be the secretary of the headmistress whatever but yeah Aisha says what I hoped she would say to Bloom and it's quote also kind of doing you a favor so maybe try grateful and that's the whole point Bloom and Bloom doesn't get it and she keeps being the way she is. She comments on the fact that Aisha is now um, Farah's secretary in order to help her, saying, suck up. I mean, she's helping Bloom and Bloom makes fun of her? Like, who told Bloom how to treat friends and people in general? Like, that's not what you do. I mean, okay, maybe she wanted to be funny in that moment but it wasn't really nice as a thing to say like if i were isha i would stop looking among the, the documents in order to help her find what she wants i mean just be respectful you know but in this episode um aisha is pretty much a saint and uh, follows bloom and babysits her and helps her whatever she does she's still by her side inexplicably like she she's so friendly and she could have um, i mean friendly for for this series standards and she could have other friends at Elphia, but she's still um she's still by bloom's side after bloom treats her so bad so i don't know why just probably just because that's why that's what the script said they had to be friends in the end because they're both in the same group of friends in the cartoon and they needed them not to i don't know never speak to each other again i mean bloom really doesn't deserve um, the way aisha treats her however continuing on there is this awkward moment when musa and tara join the other two um, girls and they all uh jokingly but not so much insult each other by saying that um, Bloom is afraid of what people are saying of her and that Musa is um, dating Tara's brother and they say that when Tara's not there yet of course and then that Tara is happy about Stella being upset it's it it just gave me an awkward feeling I mean it didn't seem one of those moments when you're you know a close friend with somebody and you just insult them because you know that they know that you don't really mean that or that you yes are criticizing them but you are still their friends they don't have that bond yet they don't have any bond in fact they kind of acted as if they were um as if they had to be with each other up till now and then they this moment which would work if they were friends and if the things they said weren't as awkward i don't know it just gave me a kind of awkward feeling that that scene it wasn't it didn't feel natural and also bloom goes away before even speaking to tara and musa who are there for her they know that she doesn't like being around the people who talk behind her back in the canteen and they join her to eat with her although i don't really know why it's not like musa cared about um someone else's feeling like she like she wasn't that sympathetic and trying to make people feel better up until 
last scene we saw her in, but um, yeah, sure. And however, Boom doesn't even talk to them or explain to them anything and just goes away. Friendship goals, right? Then we see that Dane um, kind of spends time with Beatrix and Riven, but then also wants Terry to forgive him. So it's kind of, it kind of has this conflict. I actually want to say that Riven and Beatrix work as a team. Like, we see it in this scene, we see it in the next ones. I really like their dynamics because it's not, I mean, it works for the team of those that I presume are going to be the antagonists, at least her. At least that's what the series seems to let us think so far. Um, yeah, they're they're kind of unpredictable, but he's still loyal to her. And we don't really understand what she wants, but she seems to enjoy his company. And yeah, their lines, their moments, they work. Then we have Queen Luna's arrival, so Stella, Stella's mom. Um, arrives at Hofia and it's super super underwhelming I mean she's the ruler of this realm she's the the queen of Solaria where where they are it's not even like it's a foreign queen she's she's their queen and there's no one out there except Stella when she arrives shouldn't shouldn't it be you know a fancy a big moment where she is um, welcomed by probably music or something and um, and the headmistress is there to, to welcome her. I mean, it, it's... she's literally the queen. Why is it so unimpressive? It, it's, it's literally as if anyone else's mom had arrived. She has a cool car it's not even a super fancy hyper technological thing it's just a cool car and there's no one there and there's no i don't know carpet or anything to make it seem important and i mean luna and stella um look so much like this world's royalty in this period of time which is okay again uncreative and unimaginative like it's a different world why couldn't there be different traditions and maybe like in the cartoon there were super technological things but some of the royal fashion of the time was still like medieval inspired and i mean in a different world um it's plausible that they are more advanced on some things but maybe the fashion has gone in a different direction instead here is just it's literally a copy of our world but you know it's a little bit of powers magical powers and that's it and i don't know the, the fact that they're dressed like that is kind of unimpressive and underwhelming also their clothes are not the best I've seen in that style. It's not even like they look super good. They just look serious. That's that's all they look. They don't even look fancy or it's not something that you see and you want to wear as well. It's not like when you see, I don't know, Kate Middleton's clothes and everyone wants to buy them. I suppose not a lot of people buy um, Luna's clothes or Stella's clothes in Solaria. Um, 
they're they're not impressive. They're not uh, great. They're just boring as everything about this scene um is like why is there no one welcoming the queen could could you imagine that in the real world like that makes no sense moving on we have uh this scene where tara and her family so her brother and her father are in the greenhouse she kind of wants to know what her father is doing but Mm, the important moment is when Dane knocks at the door because he wants to um, apologize for what he did to Tara. Um, and her father and her brother instinctively want to intervene. And she wants to stop them and go talk to Dane herself, which is, you know, plausible as a thing. It's totally fine um but in a normal context in a realistic context you would just say hang on a sec i will do this hey hold on i can manage this i got this you wouldn't stay there and give a lecture on patriarchy and then go do it like it's not the thing that comes to your mind it's not realistic and it's not believable in that moment like it's a moment of tension and you want to stop the tension and go do something you don't think about talking about what patriarchy is or what what its role was uh, literally Tara says whilst i appreciate that it is the uh, historical perspective of patriarchy to save women from upsetting situations and then goes on saying that she can do it herself um i mean if you're in a moment of tension, you just want to use the least words possible and stop the tension and do what you want to do. You don't stay there criticizing something in such a um, articulated way. Um, you might do it afterwards. You might say, hey, listen, I didn't like the fact that you wanted to intervene because, I mean, I know that it's what the patriarchy told you, but, you know, maybe next time let me do this, but they are on the spot, you would just say, hey, stop, I will do this. No one thinks of, like, explaining things in such a lengthy way in that kind of situations. However, I liked um, Dane and Tara's conversation. I really like what she told him. Um, she said that uh, she kind of doesn't care about him. She doesn't think he's a bad person, but she doesn't want to waste her time with him anymore, which I liked. I think that's um, that's a good message, and that's um, that's cool that she said it. Also, um, Tara's brother is really enjoyable as a character. I liked uh, I liked his lines and the way they characterized him as, you know, um. He's kind of teasing Tara at some points, but, you know, it's in a jokingly way, like siblings do. Um, it didn't make it awkward. I really like how they developed his character, and up till now we almost only saw him in scenes with Musa, so it was nice to see him in a scene with um, Tara and her dad. And yeah, it was really, really enjoyable as a character here as well. 
Aisha then finds an object that allows her to listen to Luna and Farah's conversation, and she learns that the previous secretary was killed. Then we see that Bloom intends to go to the East Wing during the mandatory assembly with the Queen. Um, does she really never learn? Like, she knows there are dangerous monsters around, and the head of state is there. It's literally the realm ruler that is there giving giving a speech, and the assembly is mandatory, so, so probably very important information is going to be given. It's not even like she's used to these um, assemblies, and she might think that it's boring as as those before, because she has she has never been to Solaria before this time, and so that isn't even a possible excuse. Does she really care about nothing else except satisfying her curiosity? I know that um, that she's trying to find her past and herself, and that's very important to her, and that she knows that they're hiding something from her, but, I mean, does she really think that it is worth it to, to risk something so big in order to know something that for all she knows, could even not change her life slightly. It's just annoying the way she doesn't care about anything. And Aisha, as the great character she is in these last episodes, um, tells her that's a bad idea, um, but ultimately still covers her. I mean, she's a great friend in this episode, but even one that Bloom doesn't deserve. Like, why is she still helping her? Okay, because she cares about Bloom, and that's amazing. Like, I'm really liking Aisha's character way more than in the first episodes, but why doesn't Bloom appreciate her help or anything? It's just so annoying. Beatrix ditches the assembly as well, and Raven goes with her. Then the meeting begins, and Luna talks about um, the threat of the burn ones. Uh, the teachers walk around among the students, and Musa realizes that there's another reason behind the assembly. And wow, her power is finally useful. In the meantime, Sky and Bloom are looking for traces, and they finally work as a team. Um, it's the first time after the the party that I like their interactions, their chemistry between them, and they 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 work. They work as a team, and they work as a couple, as a um, potential couple or whatever. But yeah, they're they're less annoying than in the first episodes, and the interaction was good. Um, it didn't feel as if they were judging each other each moment, like they mm, they seemed to do in the first interactions. But yeah, they discover Rosalind was Sky's father's commander, and here Sky talks about um, Althea being his home, and his experience with Silva and the loss of his father. Um, and it's a beautiful moment, because he seems so sincere and... Um, his reflections seem so deep, but he still manages to make that moment not about himself and to include um, Bloom's experiences in the in, in what he says and to make her feel 
um, part of what he's saying. Um, he, he's not just making everything about himself, and and that's a beautiful example of how um, a character can have an interesting story and still be a decent person. I I really really like his character since since the party. Um, his character his character kind of changed for the better. It's much more interesting and much more enjoyable. Um, then Beatrix and Raven meet Bloom and Sky. Both um, couples, if you want to call them like that, um, are making remarks about each other. And then when Raven tells Sky to give in to Bloom's will, Beatrix asks him if they need to um, have a talk about consent. And this is another one of those um, those moments where they just throw um, words in context that don't really help because it's not like they're facing an issue, they're just throwing in words that they know are popular topics right now to make the show seem woke and everything. And I have to say that this, um, this one was the one that seemed the least out of place. Like, they were still kind of throwing um, witty remarks at each other, and it could work, and it kind of did make sense. Still, it still seemed kind of cringe and awkward, because, um, yeah, it's it wasn't the best moment to, to say something like that. Like, it changed the, the focus and the tension of the moment, but yeah, it, it was the least um, cringe of these moments where they just throw um, words relating to um, current social issues in there as if they were making the show better by doing that but it's not like they were actually because like just saying a word is not like facing an issue and it's not like every show has to face every issue on the planet right now. Also, in this um, in this whole interaction, Bloom's motivation is kind of weak and inconsistent. Like she um, she attacks Beatrix and Raven, saying that they made fun of Terra, but she didn't care about Terra's feelings like up till that moment. And so now she's so upset because they made fun of her. I don't know, in general, like, the motivations that characters have to say things in this show are not convincing and not... Like, you have to pretend you didn't you didn't see the last scenes in order to believe them. And yeah, in general, they're just inconsistent and... Mm, not so strong as motivations. Then Beatrix throws Raven under the bus in order um, to not appear as the bad one. Um, and so she... And so Bloom learns that it's Raven that told everyone about her being a changeling, uh, which makes Sky mad. And we have a dialogue between Raven and Sky that I think is beautiful. Um, it's of course a super different dynamic, 
than the one in the cartoon. Here, Raven's uh, rivalry with Sky is not based on Raven's insecurity, but he behaves the way he does because he perceives Sky as wanting to be always better than him. And even if the dynamics are different, it still feels real, it still feels convincing and important. They seemed to be saying things that they um, that were important for them. This dialogue seemed an important um, growth moment for both of them and a confrontation and um, and it seemed sincere. I, I could believe that I was seeing two teenage boys talking the way people in school talk but still um, confronting each other about topics that were important for them and it felt as something worth watching not as if I was watching a meaningless conversation between them. Their characterizations were good. I am liking Raven more and more as the episode progressed um, because he's seen, he is shown as less of a bidimensional character and more of a three-dimensional one and his conflicts are shown and Sky here is exposed with the things he didn't do so well in his friendship with Raven, but he also um, confronts Raven about um, the things he's doing wrong. And yeah, isn't isn't it great how a show that's supposed to be about a group of teenage girls is best at characterizing male characters, and like the best dialogues and scenes either involve one of the boys or like this dialogue is just them. I mean, the the characters that are best developed, or at least as it seems now, among the, the teenagers are Sky, Raven, and yeah, Beatrix. And I mean, Tara's enjoyable, but it's not that developed as a character in the way she's written. I mean, with this episode, um, it becomes a bit better, and I'm glad for that because I really like her character. I'm glad they gave her something more, apart from the insecurity issues. Uh, but, but yeah, isn't it great how the male characters are the best, the best written in this show that's supposed to be about a friendship of a group of girls? Maybe next time hire writers that know what they're doing and know um, that teenagers, and especially teenager girls, are not just bidimensional stereotypes and can have depth and can be sincere about their feelings and have dialogues and moments that feel as important as this one that Raven and Sky had. Oh, and also the, the delivery of this dialogue was very good. Also, Raven makes Sky realize that he's harming Stella with his behavior and making her feel betrayed because she trusts that he's there for her and he hasn't said anything to disprove this. Aisha, Muse and Tara are still trying to investigate on the professors and just when Muse's powers had started to actually being useful, she goes away to Sam. Um, they kiss and they talk about uh, making their relationship public and they had a great way of interacting actually. They put each other first and it was really pleasant to watch. At the same time, Beatrix and Bloom are still looking for something, and they enter this locked room. They find out it's a war room, and 
Bloom for some reason looks happy instead of afraid, but okay. Um, but also, why are prohibited areas so easily accessible in this Althea? Like, if it's something secret, shouldn't you put, you know, some magical protection on it? Some magical protection that a first-year student can't really um, defy? Otherwise, like, are you, are the teachers really that powerful? Because you'd suppose they are, right? But then they would protect the things they need to protect better. But whatever, the headmistress is showing Stella's progress to Luna, but she's not satisfied. Uh, Stella says it's working, that she blinded a burned one. But Luna has kind of an abusive or toxic behavior and doesn't let her speak and uses her powers to manipulate her sight. And the conversation that follows between Luna and Farah is... Um, kind of weird and suspicious. It surely sounds as if they were hiding something. They seem to both have done something uh, wrong in the past or to have helped each other cover some dark part of their past. I like how um, Luna's behavior justifies Stella always trying to be poised and perfect, but it still doesn't justify her free rudeness to um, and other people without any good reason. Then the three girls are talking about how uh, the teachers are hiding something or lying and they realize a fairy who was not at the assembly killed um, the first secretary, Colin, and well finally they had a good thought process. They Finally these characters seem to be intelligent because their inconsistency in the first episodes, and I mean, still in these last episodes sometimes, it made it seem as if they weren't the most clever of characters. But yeah, finally they could link things and make a good reflection. And then Sky arrives and they tell him what they know and he understands it's Beatrix. So yeah, I really liked this, um, their ability to put things together, which I didn't take for granted given how these characters are represented in this show. Bloom and Beatrix find out that Rosalind was in Asterdale around the time when Bloom was born, and they decide to go to this place. Then Sky and Stella confront each other about the way she feels that he's betraying her um, because she expects him to support her, and um, and about the way she's failing his hopes that she becomes better than Luna. Then Aisha, Musa and Tara tell the teachers what they know and they decide to go look for Bloom. Um, I really loved Tara's, Tara's behavior here and her bravery and the way she spoke to her dad, who had been lying and hiding things to her the whole time. Beatrix then shows Bloom the village and tells her that the professors had killed the inhabitants in order to destroy some burned ones, but Rosalind had had a crisis of conscience and didn't want to kill innocent people, so she tried to save them and saved Bloom and Beatrix. And I don't know what to think about this, but it's a really good plot point. Like, as I said in the first episode that I thought that the plot was going to be kind of good, like, this is better than I expected, and 
yeah, I think that on the adventure side, this um, this TV series is going to do great. And yeah, I think the plot is really interesting because this um, this village, I mean, it has nothing to do with Wings Club, but I'm kind of used to that by now. Uh, but as an independent story, it's interesting. It's intriguing. It makes me want to discover what's what happened. And yeah, I don't know. Um, if we can trust Beatrix, but she seemed really sincere, and the teachers seemed suspicious, but still, I don't know, um, I'm not sure if we can trust her. I guess we'll only learn that in the next episodes. We know that Farah um, lied about Rosalind, but still, even though I don't trust Darling that much, I can't really picture Tara's dead doing something like that, um, but still, I don't know, Beatrix seemed really um, convinced in what she was saying, and this scene made me like Beatrix's character even more, whether she's telling the truth or not, I liked how her behavior is unexpected and unpredictable, and you can't really understand everything about her. And yeah, I, I really like how her character makes the, the plot go on, essentially. Then the girls are going back to Alfia, and uh, uh, teachers find them, and they arrest Beatrix and bring Bloom back. And then we have this great scene where Tara, who's apparently one of the few people here who knows how to behave and how to treat other people decently, has these really good lines where she um, tells the other girls that you don't lie to people you care about. That's exactly the words she says. She says, you don't lie to people you care about. And so Musa tells her about Sam, and it's a real nice moment. Like, Tara hugs her, and they really look like they're friends, and they genuinely care about each other. So I really liked this moment, and Tara has some great interactions and some great lines in this um, in this episode. She's really shown to be uh, strong, but at the same time caring. And I really liked that for the first time, I could actually believe that the girls were friends, actually, and they cared for each other. At the same time, Luna brings Stella home without letting her say goodbye to her friends. And uh, that's because Luna says that Stella doesn't need them. And Stella seems upset that she couldn't say goodbye to them. But really, does that make sense? She tried to spend as little time as possible with them. And every time Sky or even told her that she had her friends to be with, she said that she didn't need them, that she didn't want them around. And so why is she now so upset by not being able to say goodbye to them? She avoided them the whole time. They literally had almost no scene together in the in the last episode. And now, after she also said that she doesn't need them, she's upset because her mother said the same thing. You know, that's the same thing that I said before. They just, their motivations are so weak and so contradictory that it's annoying. So talking about Stella and her relationship with her mom and the expectations that she has uh, for Stella and how her personality and her insecurities are uh, linked to her royal status and this, um, this expectations of perfection and and of always being poised and graceful that 
people have for her. I wanted to talk about this thing that I noticed. That is that um, Stella and Aisha's roles are kind of um, switched uh, compared to the cartoon. So in the cartoon, Aisha grew up um, on Andrus, of which she is the princess, and her parents were very strict. They uh, expected her to be the perfect princess. They didn't allow her to um, have many friends to play with or to just have fun in any way. And she was expected to always be um, graceful and perfect and poised. And this created her lots of insecurities and she was afraid that she couldn't be friends with the other girls when she first met um, the other Winx girls and her royal background is what gave her insecurities about her way of interacting with people and that's why she also didn't trust her parents. In the end, in the cartoon, um, her relationship with her parents becomes better but before that her friendship with the other Winx girls is what helps her overcome her insecurities and become a stronger person. Instead, uh, Stella, in the cartoon, is very friendly and she's the one who helps Bloom pretty much in everything and um, she guides her around Ophia and around magics and she's the one who is probably the most outgoing of the group. She always tries to help her and to make Bloom and then Aisha feel part of the group. She's the one that tries to be there for others. And these roles were kind of switched in the live action, so Stella is now the one who suffers from the pressure of all these expectations that are upon her because of her royal status. And Aisha is the friendly one, the one who tries to help Bloom and tries to um, guide Bloom around. And I mean, what was the, the motivation behind this change? Was it needed? Because I think this makes the show once again more stereotypical than the original cartoon and more obvious and more similar to what we always see in these shows and TV series and movies where the rich blonde girl is the one who is arrogant and cold but is actually insecure because of her strict parents and she's actually unhappy with her um, wealthy and in this case also royal um, status. Instead the black girl is um, the one who is there to help the main character to be um, the friend of the main character and to guide her instead of like having an independent uh, development and an independent story. And this is a stereotype that we see in so many movies and so many TV shows. Why did they feel the need to put it here once again? I mean, they had the opportunity to depict some characters in a way that uh, doesn't reflect stereotypes that are often associated with their physical appearance. But instead, they just created some predictable characters that are associated with the same old stereotypes and the same old probably also prejudices and this is honestly boring if not problematic. Moving on, Sky confronts Silver about how he's not 
honest with him. And Silva says that Sky has to gain Bloom trust, so he has to, in a way, trick her in order to gain her trust. And of course, um, using a teenage boy and his relationship to a teenage girl in order to gain some information, uh, however important that might be, is not a super respectful move. And that makes me even more suspicious of the teachers. But then again, I think we will find out more in the next episodes. Bloom then talks to the headmistress. It's an interesting scene. I'm not sure what Bloom's strategy is. She clearly lies to Farah, uh, making her understand that she's lying. And Farah responds with equally sassy remarks. So I'm not sure where they are trying to go, but it's kind of enjoyable as a scene. In the end, the headmistress calls Bloom's Earth parents to tell them to refer to her if Bloom says anything strange. And this makes me want to say that I found it really funny how they um, kept Bloom's surname and date of birth from the original. <laughs> but like they changed all the important elements. All right, so that's it. I hope you enjoyed today's video as well. If you did, remember to leave a like, subscribe, turn on the notifications bell, and maybe leave a comment to tell me what you think about this, what your opinions are, what you want me to talk about, or anything else you feel like saying. If you're listening to me from a podcast platform that's not YouTube, you can follow the podcast in order to be updated when the next episodes come out. And I hope you'll be here once again next week when the next episode comes out. It will be, of course, about episode 5 of Fate. And so that's everything for today. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. See you next time!